Dr. Shante, and welcome to season two of Branding for Believers. Yeah! It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you. No, I'm kidding. It's been like two weeks, okay? But um, I hope that everybody had a wonderful start to the new year and that everybody was able to enjoy the holiday season. And I'm actually just excited to be back in pod class and grateful for Blue 1647 for allowing this space to take place. And I've gotten all kinds of tweets and emails like, I'm so ready for January 20th. I'm ready for like the podcast to come back because this is also the time where people are making a list and checking it twice and making all kinds of declarations and I decree and I declare and all these wonderful things are gonna happen. And I can bet you my last dollar that, what are we, 16 days into the, the new year, things and already jumped up and jumped off and honey, it just, it is what it is. And this season, I'm going to be doing a lot more um, speaking directly to the things that I know will hinder your success from a spiritual perspective and also from a mindset perspective, because I'm telling you, the strategy is the strategy. Strategy works. If you consistently Let's, let's talk about it. If we consistently diet and exercise, if we get up every morning and drink the water instead of the pop and all those types of things, we know that our body will change if we do that consistently. And if we consistently neglect it, we know that we will manifest, <laughs> you know, the fat back and all that other thing, you know, because we are doing that consistently. So strategy, I have strategy all day and I'm not going to stray away from that in this podcast, but I do know that in order for you to implement the strategy, in order for you to execute the strategy, in order for you to do it, you have to have the proper mindset to do that. You have to be in the right spirit. So I'm going to kick things off. This is episode 37 of Branding for Believers, the podcast that equips entrepreneurs and influencers with the tools and the confidence and the faith to believe bigger. And so episode 37 is all about back channel breakthroughs. So I don't know if I announced this last year, I have to really think back, but March 1st, listeners, I have a book coming out called Believing Bigger, a 31 day faith journey. And I'm excited about it. Y'all can clap for that. Cause that's awesome. Um, what I can say is that it's amazing what you can do. It's amazing what God can do when you really step outside of yourself and decide you're going to show up and serve other people. Uh, one of the things that I've been telling people is that Believing Bigger, I started writing it the day after my brand makeover conference, DYOB. So October 25th through Christmas, what is that? November, two months? Two months. <laughs> Branded for Believers came together in two months. And I'm grateful based on the feedback that I've gotten so far that it doesn't read like it came together in two months. Like, mm -mm, who wrote this? <laughs> you know, no, it, it really just looking at the struggles that people have with faith. I mean, real faith. And it's really all about paying more than lip service to faith. It's all about, you know, taking that journey to go beyond hashtags and social media posts. I mean, I wish our faith was as good as our social media says it is. I wish it was as good as the hashtags that we put up there and, you know, we want to lift a holy hand. But the truth of the matter is, is that when it comes to actually taking those steps when it comes to actually waiting for God's timing instead of you want it right now. Um, all of those things come into play. So the book is coming out March 1st and I am soliciting volunteers because you love me for the launch team. And as a launch team member, all you're helping me do is basically 
get behind this baby and push. We're going to push it out. Um, and my tribe, you know, Brandon for Believers has grown, and I'm, I'm grateful uh, for every last one of you. If you have a book club, if you're a podcaster, if you're a blogger, if you're a writer, if you have some circle of influence, a, a church leader, leader uh, you lead a Bible study group, teach vacation Bible school, this is, this is to be shared, okay? Faith is to be shared because here's the thing about it. When people see your faith falter, their faith falters. You notice that? There are people that you look to that are like a rock. You know, for some of you, it might be Big Mama. It might be, you know, your dad. And when you see that person falter, it makes you think, uh oh, something must be really wrong. Don't think people aren't looking at you. When you're out there saying that I'm this and I'm that and I believe this and I believe that, people are looking at you to see whether or not when hard times come, when challenges come, are you really going to be able to stand in the gap and wait for your breakthrough? So if you want to join the launch team, then you can go to drshantesays.com forward slash blog. And I want to earn your support. I don't want you to support this book because I wrote it. I want you to support it because you believe in it, because it blessed you and you want to bless other people with it. So read the excerpt. Amen for the excerpt, because how many of you in here have read the excerpt already? Yay. Okay. It's like a teacher when the kids do the homework. Yay. And, and the feedback so far has been really, really positive. So I want to earn your support. You can go ahead and head to the blog, read it. And if it blesses you and it's something that you want to share with other people, by all means, please do that. So season two, episode 37, our guiding thought is this. Since they could not get to him, to Jesus, because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above him by digging through it and then lowered the man on the mat that he was lying on. So we're going to be talking about a desperate situation, moving the crowd, friends of faith, back channel breakthroughs, and finding your back channel. So a desperate situation. How many of you have ever been in a desperate situation? Okay. Usually a desperate situation is something that threatens your livelihood or your health might be in jeopardy. It might be about to be a change in your living conditions, okay? Uh, funds may have run out. You know, money is funny, credit won't get it, you know, that sort of thing. Your hope is running out. Or it might be a situation where you are being persecuted, okay? Some of us have been in, in jobs where there's a hostile situation or we're not getting along with coworkers, not getting along with the boss, and it's just... You know, you, you feel like you're just being attacked or your character is being attacked or people are saying things and thinking things about you that are not true. And so it's a desperate situation. That's kind of where we are at the start of, of this podcast. And for, your, for you personally as entrepreneurs, it might be a situation where your business is not generating consistent income. Somebody say consistent. consistent. You know why it's so hard for people to leave a nine to five? Because they in funky dope love with direct deposit. It's like, I can't stand you, but I like that check every two weeks, okay? You know, you, you like the security that it's going to be there. So when you launch out and you branch out, and you know, God might be calling you into other things and it's not generating consistent income, we start feeling some kind of way about that, okay? Because our security is in jeopardy and it's, it starts to feel desperate. Um, your desperate situation might be you're discouraged and you're stuck. You are trying, you've been trying, you've been trying, and you just don't seem to be able to get anywhere, any traction, and you are about ready to, to tap out on your assignment. You are in doubt and you're despairing. There's no growth. You're confused about your next move. That's a desperate situation. 
And so when we find ourselves in a desperate, desperate situation, as the saying goes, desperate times call for what? Desperate measures. Sometimes you've just got to make it do what it do. And unfortunately, what happens is sometimes desperate measures take us down some wrong paths, take us towards some directions where we're not supposed to go or, or, you know, have us linking up with people that we're not supposed to be linked up with. But desperate times, I'm going to challenge you and say calls for desperate faith. God is never surprised about what you're going through. He's never surprised. Sometimes we sit and we like, <clears throat> let me make sure my microphone is working. Uh, Lord, I said, Lord, duh. <laughs> are you aware of the current situation? He's well aware, okay? Well aware. So desperate situations call for desperate faith. In the context of, of our guiding thought for this podcast, there was a man who was paralyzed, okay? And amen for friends of faith, okay? Because they are friends but they are friends of faith, okay? So friends of faith said, I know somebody that can do something about your situation and we're going to make sure that you get to him, okay? And here's the deal. The thing about uh, Jesus, if you read the New Testament, Jesus had gone viral, okay? Literally had gone viral. I know that nowadays viral means that, you know, oh, something got 100,000 views on YouTube or you saw something that's been shared a million times on Facebook or, or that sort of thing, you know, got hits. But see, Jesus was like an early adopter of the viral movement, okay? Because once, they, once, he, once people found out that he could heal, folks was like, hold up, you know, I didn't have this limp. <laughs> um, I didn't have this little tick in my shoulder, you know. So Jesus had gone viral. And so when people heard that he was coming to town, as soon as people started to hear whispers, people were like, whoa, I want to be him. I want to be close to him. If I could literally touch the hem of his garment, they wanted a piece of that man, which is ironic because Jesus dipped fame at every turn. Read the Bible. Read it. Whenever the crowds converged on him, he would disappear out of their mess and you would find him over in a corner in a garden by the rocks in the mountains somewhere praying by himself. He didn't want any parts of that. That's not, that's not his, what his assignment was. That's not why he came. So he had gone viral. It, he was so popular that it was hard to get to him, let alone talk to him. And I want you to think about that because a lot of you listening, a lot of you here in the room, you want to be famous. You want to be known. In a couple of episodes, we're going to talk about what that really means, okay, what, what, what the cost of that really is. And the crowd was consistently bombarding him with requests for healing and can you come and visit my mom? And I mean, he was so popular that you just literally, you know, the, the disciples almost had to act like bodyguards because you know how that is, right? When somebody gets really, really famous, you know, think about the Kardashians or think about um, Lady Gaga or somebody along of, of that ilk. You can't just roll up on them. You know what I'm saying? You know, one of the things, you know what I love about Taraji Henson? She just keeps it real. <laughs> you know, she, she knows where she's come from. She was like, I can't even go up here on Crenshaw Market to get my gizzards, cause folks like, cookie, cookie, cookie this. And you be like, oh, I just wanna make groceries and go home. Okay, because when you get to a certain level, People want what you have. They want to be in your presence, in your midst. So for those of you that are thinking about, I want to be famous, think about what that really means. So the paralyzed man had a quandary. Obviously, he couldn't get to Jesus himself. And some of you think about that. Some of you are paralyzed by your situation. Some of you are paralyzed by fear. Some of you are paralyzed by doubt. Some of you are paralyzed by messages from the past. For some reason, you are 
stuck and unable to move forward. And so entrepreneurship is a crowded field. Amen. When the recession hit 2008, you couldn't swing a dead cat without somebody saying they were starting a business. Nowadays, startups are popular. They're trendy. I'm starting a business, okay? Entrepreneurship is a crowded field, okay? You're not the only person that's doing what you're doing, and some of you have been discouraged. You've become paralyzed by the size of the crowd. Dag, everybody got a hair blonde. Dag, everybody um, is doing a, a, a cupcake shop. Dang, everybody is, is, is doing nails. Everybody is, is doing this, that, and the third. Everybody's do, being a coach. You know, you might be intimidated by the size of the crowd, but we said that what kind of situation was this? Desperate. It was a desperate situation, okay? And paralysis and intimidation might occur, you know, due to the size of the crowd because they want what you want. People want success like you want success. People want money like you want money. People want consistent income like you want consistent income. The field of entrepreneurship is crowded, but you can't be intimidated by the crowd, especially when your situation is desperate. Later on in this episode, we're gonna assess whether or not you're just kind of down or whether you're really desperate. Because I'm telling you, there's a difference between what you will do when you're down versus when you're desperate. There's an urgency there, like the inflection, the tone of my voice changed from down to desperate, okay? Social media creates instant celebrity. Anybody can open up a social media account and depending on what they're willing to do, what they're willing to show, what they're willing to disclose, you could become an instant celebrity, instant celebrity. And there are so many people trying to copy and paste somebody else's success that it's causing gridlock. That was the situation that this man was facing, that this paralyzed man was facing. How many of you have ever sat in some bad traffic? I mean, it's not moving. You've sat there, so a, a journey that should have probably taken you all of eight minutes, 25 minutes. You've moved a fraction of an inch, gridlock. And how do we start to feel when we're in those types of situations? We start looking for shoulders. <laughs> we start looking for ramps. We're looking for escapes because we're like, I have to move out of this situation. But let me tell you, there's another way, okay? So this paralyzed man, his friends, they were trying to get him to Jesus. But I mean, the, the Bible says that it was so crowded, you couldn't get in the door. You couldn't get look through the window. Like it was, you could hang it up. Okay, it was, it was at capacity, standing room only. But his friends had the presence of mind to use the back channel. I looked this word up. A back channel is a secondary or covert route for the passage of information. So for example, back in the days, especially like in the Cold War, when you wanted to communicate a message of importance, you didn't just pick up the phone as usual, because chances are that line was tapped. Okay, somebody was already listening. Let that be a message, a lesson to you. Some of you, when you're on social media and you posting stuff, your line is tapped. People are looking at what you're doing. People are looking at who you're partnering with. People are looking for any sort of opportunity to try to cut in, okay, and say, oh, is that the direction you're going? Let me cut in on that and let me do that. Okay, so when your line is tapped, when you have high visibility and, and everybody is using those same channels, you have to start thinking about using a back channel. Uh, if you've ever watched the show Scandal, uh, you know the president has the regular Oval Office phone, 
But then, you know, he had a phone that's just, you know, that's just Olivia's line, you know, <laughs> that secret line, that secret number, that burner phone number. Okay, so that back channel, this paralyzed man had friends of faith. And when I say he had friends of faith, he had friends of action because faith is an action word. Faith is not sitting and hoping. Faith is not sitting and wishing. Faith is not sitting in your win window at night. Uh, star, star so bright. Wish I may, wish I might have this wish I wish. No, no, that's not faith. Okay, faith is motion. Faith is action. And these men, these friends were determined to move him into action. And think about this. Think about the kind of friend that you are when you have a friend in a desperate situation. The friends didn't give him a pep talk. Hey, man, you know, Jesus will probably circle back around here in about three months, you know. And, and if, if I'm not, you know out on the seas, you know, helping my sister move. I promise I got you. Okay. When he, when he circled back, we'll get here a little bit earlier next time. Okay. His friends didn't give him a pep talk. Okay. Um, they got in motion and I wonder how many of you have friends that will get in motion with you. Okay. I'm talking about that will get down in the trench. I talk about my friend Tosh quite a bit. You know, you guys heard her last season, uh, interviewing me at the end of, of last season. The reason why I ride so hard with Tosh is because Tosh gets in motion for me, okay? And I get in motion for Tosh. If she's feeling discouraged, if I'm feeling discouraged, we get in motion and be like, okay, I see that you, you are paralyzing. You're not able to take another step, so I'm gonna take that step for you and I'm gonna propel you to action. Think about in this journey that you're on, how many people do you have in your life that will get in motion with you, not just give you, I'm praying for you. <laughs> you know, and I'm praying for you, you know, let's think about that. So when you're talking about the back channel breakthrough, when you're in a desperate situation, desperate times call for desperate measures. I would say call for desperate faith. And you have to make a determination as to whether or not you are desperate or whether or not you're discouraged. Because let me tell you what desperation is not concerned with. Desperation cares nothing about pride. Desperation don't care nothing about the, the crowd. Desperation cares nothing about appearances. Now, I ain't gonna talk about nobody. I'm, I'm not even gonna make eye contact. But here in the States, you know, we recently had Powerball uh, frenzy. And I believe it got all the way to uh, $1.32 billion, 1.6. Somebody knew the exact number. I'm not gonna look at you, okay? It got all the way to $1.6 billion. The lines were lengthy. And people stayed in those lines no matter how long they were because you don't know the situation that people are in when they're like, you know what? And I'm talking about people that didn't have a job were in line for Powerball. People who didn't make child support payments were in line for Powerball. People who got a, a pantry full of dust and ramen noodles were in the line for Powerball because it was a desperate situation. And so when people are in desperate situations, they're willing to go and do things that they ordinarily would not do because of the desperate nature of their circumstances. And so what I want you to think about is when you're talking about desperate faith, okay, I know that, you know, at my church, you know, we have a uh, altar call and, you know, that's when people go to the altar and they hold hands and they pray. Okay. And it's real, uh, it's a real, dignified affair okay desperate it's some knees about to be in 
Okay, I'm about to lay prostrate in this piece. I'm about to lay out, okay, because, and normally people don't do that because they'll be like, hold on now, I can't get no run in my pantyhose now, you know, or what do I look like? Ain't nobody else doing that. But see, when you're in a desperate situation, you don't care anything about ashy knees and torn pantyhose because it's a desperate situation and desperate situations call for desperate faith. In other words, desperate action. It's not concerned about the crowd or appearances. Desperation says there is no other option but for this to work. It's got to work. Do you know how many times I've had to talk to my makeup artist? My makeup artist, bless her heart, I love Jamise. Jamise does the makeup for Mary Mary, Mary Mary's sister. You know, she's been um, contracted for the WeTV network. I mean, like, her and I kind of started this intensive journey together. And there are moments where in situations where, cause you know, every, every industry has peaks and valleys, you know, and she's thinking about, man, maybe I ought to go and get a, a job. You know, maybe I ought to go back and, and do this other thing. And then God comes right along, you know, and the phone rings with another opportunity. And so you have to stop thinking about, okay, well, maybe there's some alternative and maybe I should do some other things and, and lot, the lot, the lot. And I'm not saying be irresponsible. <laughs> okay. I'm not saying that at all. I've known people that have walked off a job with no contingency. <laughs> when they got kids and bills, I'm like, oh, and done that since college, <laughs> you know, like you just don't walk off a job. Okay. So I'm not saying do anything that's foolish, but you are committed that this is going to work and you're willing to exercise faith to do that. So here's the thing, the application for, for your business as entrepreneurs, as, as influencers in every industry, there is a traditional and a crowded path to success where people are fighting for limited access and opportunity. In the United States it's called go to college and get a job. Every single semester, I say, whose plan is it to get a degree and get a job? Every hand in the room goes up. And I said, yeah, the problem with that is it's only so many jobs and it's more of you than it is jobs available. So in every industry, there is a traditional path to success where people are fighting for limited access and opportunity. When the recession hit, oh my gosh, when, when unemployment was at 10%, do you know the, the piles of resumes? People that were on retirement because their pension had fell through the floor because the stock market had crashed were coming out of retirement, applying for jobs at Walmart as greeters because it was a desperate situation. And so when there is a limited amount of resources and more people than there are resources available, there's going to be some crowding. But I will say this, every industry also has a back channel. For this man and his friends, um, and this, this paralyzed man and his friends, they weren't concerned about the crowd. They already started thinking what they call outside the box. And so their outside the box thinking meant, okay, there's gotta be another way because the goal is still to get your breakthrough. The goal is still to get your healing. The goal is still to get your business off the ground. The goal is still to make some inroads. And so let's start thinking about the back channel and for them, the back channel was, we about to tear the roof off the sucker. <laughs> we, we, and, and what's funny is, the Bible doesn't say whose house this was. I'm gonna go ahead and say it wasn't theirs, right. <laughs> okay? 
Now, I want you to imagine, okay, you having, I don't know, tea and crumpets in your home, okay? It's a real high society type of affair, and then all of a sudden, plaster start falling from the roof, and you looking like, what the, what? What's really going on? And it's four men trying to pry, the door, try to pry, pry your roof open, trying to get to your guest of honor. That's desperate. In, the, in today's society, you know, like that, that type of stuff bring out secret service, you know, and like the popo. But in those days, they were like, no, I know you can do something about my situation. And I know that if I can just break through, I can get what I came for. I know that. And the thing is, and that's, a, that's the reason why I want, wrote Believing Bigger, because a lot of people pay lip service to that. But do you know that he will answer your prayer? Yeah, I believe that. No, do you know it? Do you know that? If I go to him and ask your name, what's your name? What's your name? You tell me your name and you say it with confidence. I'm like, mm -mm, your name is Sheila. No, my name is Ashley and I've been Ashley. So you're going to get real technical about it. Since what my birthday is, 1970 so-and-so. And another thing is, it says right here, you know, like you're like, uh-uh, I got proof. I got backup. I know what my name is. Do you know that God will answer your prayer if you ask him? And a lot of you are like, I think so. But you need to know that's how these men were. Let me tell you something about back channels. Back channels are not obvious, okay? Back channels are not on the beaten path, okay? Because the thing about it is, if it was that obvious, don't you think somebody else would have been tearing the roof off? It wasn't obvious, but it was available. And the back channeling is gonna require some creativity on your part. So here's the thing. Don't think that for your industry, it's just going to be readily obvious to you. Start thinking about what are some ways strategically that I can go a non-traditional route to get what I want. <clears throat> So for example, I'll put some popular magazines here um, and you'll be able to find these in the show notes. But here's some popular magazines. Essence Magazine, Time Magazine, Inc., Fast Company, Black Enterprise, Entrepreneur, Readership in the Millions, okay? Who's not trying to get into Essence? Who's not trying to get a feature in Time? Who's not trying to get in Fast Company or Black Enterprise or Entrepreneur? Like, it's a crowded field. It's a limited number of writers, contributors, space available. It, there's a lot going on. Everybody and their mama is trying to get into one of those magazines. But then there are also other magazines. Hemispheres, Sky, Southwest Airlines Spirit, U.S. Airways Magazine, American Way, American Airlines Nexos. You know how many millions of people fly every day? Y'all seen that little magazine that's in the back of your seat pocket? but we don't think about that. It doesn't seem as glitzy. It doesn't seem as glamorous, but exposure, <laughs> okay? And so when we look at the numbers, Hemispheres is the number one airline magazine in the world. It has a readership circulation of 800,000. Why aren't you thinking about those types of channels? Those are the types of things that people don't think about. Sky Magazine, 600,000 people. And it's just like, oh, well, I didn't think about that. And so in terms of, of you trying to break through in 2016, you need to stop for a minute and stop trying to force your way through this very crowded and narrow of people that are clamoring, trying to get. Take a moment, 
take a beat, do some research, assess the situation and say, there's another way and I just need to find it, okay? Another one, Good Morning America, Shark Tank, Kathy and Hoda, uh, Kelly and Michael, Rachel Ray, Wendy Williams, all famous talk shows, right? National talk shows. But you scrambling for the national circuit, have you made relationships, partnerships with your local media, mm -hmm. with your local writers, with the local morning show hosts? And the thing is that sometimes, and this is nothing but pride, we feel some kind of way about being featured into those publications because, well, it's not as name brand. It's not as, but I will tell you something, you don't know what kind of resources people have at any level. Mm -hmm. You don't know. And so sometimes because things don't come packaged the way that you think they ought to be packaged because it doesn't come with the kind of glitz that you think it ought to come with, then you'll mess around and miss your blessing. A lot of times, that's, read the New Testament. That was Jesus' issue for half the, half the time. Okay, the issue that he had was the Jews had thought one way about how he was going to come about what the king and the savior was going to look like. And, and they were like, you know, you just, you know, where's the panache, man? Where's the, the swag? You know, come on, you're supposed to be coming in here like, yeah, yeah. And Jesus didn't come like that, you know? So it didn't come with, with Jesus was kind of like, you know, the, the back channel version. He's like, yeah, I'm not that, I'm, I'm not Trump. <laughs> okay, I'm not, I'm not that guy. And some of us, because it doesn't look like this traditional package of what we think it ought to look like, we'll mess around and miss our blessing. Uh, if you're talking about your back channel, instead of trying to get on one of these national shows, how about you try to get on somebody's podcast? Hello? Yeah. You know how many people didn't listen to, never heard of podcasts in my circle before I started podcasting? They're like, what now? What kind of cast? So was that like radio? <sighs> then I had to download apps for people and get them all up to speed, you know, and that sort of thing. But podcasts are incredibly popular. How about using some of those channels to get some media access and exposure? Um, guest blogging for popular blogs. And so, you know, people do more than read the newspaper. A lot of people have heavily devoted followings on food blogs, on photography blogs, on fashion blogs, on Christian blogs. How about you offer the guest blog for one of them to d generate some exposure and get some, um, some, some visibility for your brand? Uh, volunteer to get behind the scenes access to something. So granted, you want to go to the big conference, but you know, big conferences tend to cost big dollars. So how about you volunteer, start shaking some hands, rubbing some elbows, you know, serve your way to success. Use the back channels, okay? I can't tell you, I volunteered. My very first foray into entrepreneurship was volunteering at an entrepreneurial conference because I really didn't know anything about it. When I tell you some of those same people that I met, including Tosh, okay, like I've sustained those friendships. Those people have become clients because I was willing to give for free because I was willing to go through the back channel, okay? No, I may not have walked the red carpet then, but today is a different story. Okay, so you have to be willing to find your own back channel. So here's some questions that you need to think about um, as I wrap up this episode. One, what are some ways that I have not considered? So think about what the most pressing need is for your brand, for your business. What are some ways that you have not considered? Instead of email, who can you write? When the last time you picked up a pen and wrote somebody? Hmm. Or if you typed it out, when the last time you went to the post office and mailed it? 
to somebody. You know how rare that is? You know how common email is? How many of you delete probably a good 30 to 50 junk emails daily? Just You just go through boom, 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 boom. Because it's just so much. As opposed to a letter, a card, a dossier, something that's really branded or really polished, okay? Um, ask yourself, are you desperate for change or are you just discouraged? Because if you're just discouraged, it'll pass. But when you're desperate, you're willing to, to, to make a whole different set of decisions. You're willing to press your way and find a back channel because you are convinced that this has to work. And are you willing to move beyond the, the crowd to get to your breakthrough? You have to stop looking at what other people are doing. You have to start look, stop looking at how crowded it is, okay? Case in point, um, at the, towards the end of 2015, The Wiz, the play, The Wiz uh, was broadcast live on NBC. And the young lady who played the main character of Dorothy, I believe her name is Shanice Williams, 17, 18 years old, that was her first audition ever. Do you know how many uh, little girls have been groomed since the age of five? You know, they don't even call themselves, you know, an actress. I'm a thespian. You know, they got some, they have sad cars, they have membership, they're in a union and they have an agent. She didn't have none of that. Okay, so it wasn't about the size of the crowd, the amount of the experience that somebody else had had. You have to stop focusing on the things that are not relevant to your situation. Okay, if you've been raised in a family that has multiple children, or if you have multiple children, and then one person do something, and then when that person gets in trouble, and they start citing the other members in the family, well, see, my sister has said, uh-uh, well, um, brother Joe had done, and your mama is like, but what that got to do with you? So when you sit up here looking at the crowd, well, so-and-so had a PR rep. Well, so-and-so had an agent. Well, so-and-so had money. Well, so what that got to do with you? This isn't so-and-so's relationship with God. This is yours, right? So why are you telling him about what so-and-so got? He's like, do you know who I am? So you have to stop focusing on the things that are not relevant to your situation so that you can get to your back channel breakthrough. Something that I took away was looking at someone else's story mm -hmm. and, you know, saying where well, they're here and, you know, they have this, they have a PR, they have a media team, they have all of this, but, you know, why don't I have that? And I never considered, like you said, we're trying to get into the, the big league and what about the local stuff? I never would have thought to, you know, even consider like the local radio shows or the local podcasts or anything because I'm thinking the big, you know, the big terms and you got to start somewhere. So that was what I, I took away from it that um, I can't compare my story to someone else's because I don't know what they went through and they don't know what I've gone through, you know. So just hearing that makes me realize like I didn't, you know, just something that simple, like you said, the the uh, magazines and not to even think the magazines on the plane, I would never have guessed that and I pick it up every time I'm on a plane but never would have thought to, you know, use that. So that was my reflection. Thank you. You know, my granny used to say, you have to crawl before you can walk. And sometimes we overlook, uh, the Bible says, don't despise humble beginnings. 
you know, and sometimes we, we overlook people who are getting a humble start and not realizing, because here's the thing, you don't know where they're gonna be positioned a year from now, three years from now. And because you thought you were too good today, three years from now, when you try to rub elbows, see now they got a crowd at their door. And so, you know, being willing to use those back channels, I'm telling you, it's, it's a blessing, you know, plant that seed and then yield the harvest at a later time. So thank you for that. One more. What resonated with me was serve your way to success. Um, when I first started my company, I started volunteering with a lot of um, national event planners um, and volunteer organizations. So that way I can kind of get the connections and kind of see the ins and outs and if, to see if I really wanted to do this full time. Mm -hmm. Because you see the glitz and the glamour and you see the big weddings and you see the big events, but you don't see the back end. Mm -hmm. You don't see when the cake is not delivered. You don't see when, you know, the dress is messed up or the bride gained a couple of extra pounds. So when you fix it, Jesus. Yeah. So <laughs> when you when you serve your way to success, it opened up doors and there's so many relationships that I've built based on that. And you also give them back at the same time. So. Love that. And you know what? Here's the thing about it. A lot of times we have to be very careful about not putting people on pedestals. Okay, you know, they use the bathroom every day just like you do. And some of us have been disappointed and disenchanted because we held somebody in such high esteem. And then when we get to working with them, you know, up close and personal, it's like, hmm, wow, I don't, your attitude is, wow, okay. But then they'll smile for the cameras and everything is great. You know, you have to be careful about that, that sort of stuff because all that glitters truly is not gold. But if you are humble and willing to serve your way to success, I'm telling you, it will yield all kinds of dividends. So thank you. That wraps our episode of first episode of season two. If you guys have tweets, takeaways, shout outs, you guys know that you can always hit me at Dr. Shante Says. And as I said at the beginning of the episode, if you are interested in joining the launch team, head to drshantesays.com forward slash blog, read the excerpt and join the team. Thank you so much. Thank you for watching and listening Branding for Believers. You can get all of today's show notes at brandingforbelievers.com and you can follow Dr. Shante on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Shante Says. And don't forget to tune in for the next episode. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening.